Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hey there. We are going to record our first archive episode. Um, This is Lisa, and I'm here with Katie. And welcome to 90 Day Disasters. Um, We are starting to do archives, so please pay attention to our podcast because we will be uploading these randomly as we get to them. Um, But we're starting with season one, episode one of Before the 90 Days. And um, I think our goal is to finish seasons one and two in time for season three to start. And then we'll do those in real time. And then if we have time, we'll start uh, recapping some of the other franchise episodes and also go back for just the 90 Day Fiance series. That's right. I mean, ideally, we would cover literally every single episode of every iteration of 90 Day Fiance (laughs) over time. (laughs) Yes, for sure. That is definitely the goal. So this um, so let's we're starting with season one, episode one. This is before the 90 days, and this episode is called Bon Voyage, and it was, the original air date is August 6, 2017. Yeah, and guys, let's let's just really quickly discuss um, the difference between before the 90 days and 90 day fiance, because I think that really, I'm guessing that the reason TLC split this up is because it seems, and I literally only get my information about the K-1 visa from the show. <laughs> Again, I have not done any legal research and I'm not an immigration lawyer and neither is Lisa, but um, it seems from the, from what I've gleaned from the show that there, I mean, and obviously this is sort of common sense, but there are certain sort of procedural requirements that you have to complete in order to get your K-1 fiance visa and 90 Day Fiance, the series, which is the original series in this sort of overarching franchise, covered, and that's where they got the name, of course, covered the um, period of time that is written, I think, into the visa procedural requirements and process that basically says that once you get the fiance visa, obviously you have to have been engaged already to do that, or it seems that way, Um and then once they once you're engaged and the foreigner receives their K-1 visa, they can come to the United States. And then basically from the minute they step foot on American soil, they have 90 days to get married mm-hmm. to the American who brought them over. So that's where obviously the, the name 90 Day Fiance comes from. But I think that before the 90 days was created because it seems that there's a requirement that before you can even get the K-1 fiancé visa, you have to have physically met the person (laughs) at least once, which seems obvious to us. But I think that the, I'm guessing that from experience, the federal government, the United States federal government felt the need to, you know, put this in writing and make it a rule that no, Ricky, you can't just meet someone online and then decide you're going to get married. You have to absolutely meet them. And so they created, I think, before the 90 days to show 
the which is even it's it's an even more volatile situation in some ways certainly i would say a more unpredictable situation mm-hmm. sort of in toto than what you're seeing in 90 day fiance where again the people have like i think they have to have met in person they have some idea of what they're getting into by the time they get the visa and the person comes over here to get married versus in before the 90 days you have this huge buildup essentially of people who've only met online and then we are watching them meet the person that they're interested in getting engaged to or sometimes they're sort of already quasi engaged or whatever uh-huh. you know watching them meet for the first time so I love that TLC kind of caught on to that additional crazy dream and I also think that's why <clears throat> before the 90 days has uh, gotten so much traction because yes it's it's before they decide they're going to get married you know 90 yes. day fiance they've already gotten the visa you know they've already uh, or they're in the process of getting the visa they've already decided we're getting married they're serious it's probably not like a legit catfish situation because they have had to have met the person kind of a thing versus here like we have no idea Right. It's, it's more, it, there's definitely more drama involved in yes. 90 day, uh, before the 90 days. Um, and, you know, drama's like my middle name. Um, so. <laughs> Actually, drama's June's middle name. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. My daughter June definitely takes to the, oh my gosh. So, quick anecdote about my daughter. Yesterday. Please, June's my, June's my spirit animal for the record. <laughs> she's insane. Uh, she's two. And she was just being annoying. And, you know, parents go through this phase where, like, you really want your kids to start talking. And then they start talking. And then you really just want them to shut up. Yep. And so she was in the car and just like, why, 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 why? And I'm like, (laughs) you know, can you just be quiet for, like, five minutes? Just be quiet, June. And she said, I can't be quiet because my mouth is moving and I am talking. (laughs) And she was so mad that I even suggested that she stop talking. She goes, kind of muttering. She's like, how dare you? No. <laughs> that is so funny. She's such a honey badger. She's crazy. I, You know, and I don't, I don't find her to be, like, overly loquacious. I mean, I spend a lot of time with her. And she's not, like, a total chatterbox. I mean, she's very energetic no. and stuff. But no. um, I think that they say that for their mothers. Because yeah. my son does the same thing. She's definitely in the, like, why mode now where, like, uh, my older daughter's friend broke her arm. Why she break her arm? Well, because, you know, she fell off the tree she was climbing. Why? Uh, she probably slipped. Why? And I'm just like, okay, stop. Okay, but at least that's, that's like, a question. Those are, like, questions with answers. Mo likes to just say to me, he'll be, like, in the back, you know, in his car seat or whatever. I'll be driving. I'll be trying to listen to my podcast, like, listening to Bitch Sash or whatever. (laughs) And he'll be, like, Mama, Mama, Mama. And I'm, like, yes, Maurice. And he'll be, like, have a birthday cake. (laughs) Okay, Mo. (laughs) And then I hope that he's done. And then, Mama, Mama. Mama, and sometimes I try to ignore him because I know that all he's going to do is say the same thing over again, but eventually he gets louder and louder, and eventually I'm like, yes, Maurice, he's like, I'm birthday cake, I'm birthday cake. (laughs) 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 He's just like bursting with this. Oh my God. Just total non sequitur. (laughs) I love Mo. I love Mo. Sorry, guys, you're going to be getting a lot of these these vignettes because this is Lisa's in my life. You know, this is what we deal with on a day-to-day basis so but and we i'm just get... shocked because you know my older daughter is such a like rule follower yeah and she is the little one is just 
a nightmare. <laughs> so anyway, uh, okay. And we'll probably be on this show or something crazy like that. I <laughs> uh, would. I'm just bracing myself, right? Um, okay, so let's get started and let's meet the first crazy train. Yeah, this um, is a real dumpster fire. It really is. Um, and I know we have, because we've d- discussed this amongst ourselves, obviously, before. And we have, we have very well, not very, but like we just have different takes on this particular couple that we start we do. out with. We do. But it's controversial. It is controversial. Um, I'm dead inside, and Katie has compassion. So that's basically <laughs> what it comes down to. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna have we're gonna end up having kind of a good cop, bad cop like <laughs> yeah. dichotomy here, totally. <laughs> which is good because you need a little bit of both. I agree. All right. So first, we start off by meeting Darcy, which is so funny because I feel like a gosh I know her so well um I know it's true because we by the way guys too like we will end up accidentally referring to you know essentially more real-time information and or information about the couples from later in this season and later and in the following season I just I can't help it and I'm sure you can't either and yeah it's gonna happen so Darcy is 42 she's from Middleton Connecticut um she works in the quote-unquote fashion industry which i put that in quotes too (laughs) (laughs) nobody really knows apparently she has like a fashion line with her sister but nobody's really ever heard of it um so i'm not really sure she just she works in fashion i think the name of their company is house of 11 because you see um jesse the guy that she ends up you know that her other half is is named um he has I would say they're usually oversized pieces for some reason, like oversized sweatshirts. Like she has one and then he has this like, yeah. really long jacket and it says house or it says like H of 11 on the back kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So she's definitely using, I mean, it appears that she's using the show to promote her fashion line as she should. I mean, that's just common sense. Right. So she um, has two daughters. Well, she has an identical twin sister, Stacy, who we meet later who she on. she lives with, who I think in a condo. With. So I think, so Darcy has two daughters, Aniko and Aspen, and she yeah. shares joint custody with her ex husband. And those girls are beautiful. They're very beautiful. They're, it's funny because it's such a contrast. Um, Darcy wears a pound of makeup a la Kardashian. She wears a lot of makeup. Like, yeah, she, I think it's unfortunate, actually. I think she looks better without it, to be honest. Although now I sound like her boyfriend, Jesse. But you know what, though? I, I feel like that about a lot of people. Like, yeah. I mean, have you ever seen Kim Kardashian without makeup? She's, she's gorgeous. gorgeous. She's dropped dead I feel gorgeous. like she looks better. Sometimes I do too. it's like with all the crap on their face, like just chisel it off. Well, especially because you know it's fake. So when you're looking at it, it's sort of like, okay, well, why are you wearing a mask? You know, I know. When you're it's that just, beautiful. I'm telling you, it's people that have like plastic surgery. They think it makes it look them look younger. And it really just makes them look like they had plastic surgery. Darcy um, also un- has a pretty unfortunate hairline. I will oh, say she does. She's got like a five head going on. It's, um, it's, it's odd. It almost looks like she's wearing a wig, which I don't think she is. I think her hairline is just that far back, but I feel kind of sorry for her because she's so, she seems to be so um, insecure about how she looks just yeah. as a general matter. Mm-hmm. And um, that doesn't help. No. Um, she is, she, so, and Stacy apparently is single and lives with her in this condo. Um, she was online dating internationally. Um, she's she only been... got divorced six years ago, by yeah, the way, which really isn't ago. that long. So she decides to 
go online dating and she meets Jesse, who is 24 and he's model hot. So I say yes. model hot because there's some guys that are. So, <laughs> well, before I met my husband, I was, um, I met this guy and he had like tattoos and he was, he was like, uh, he, he, he did like, he was a contractor, I think a general contractor. Um, but he was good looking in a very rugged way. And Ooh. so we used to call him dirty hot. Because we're like, he's hot, but he's like dirty hot, you know, not like conventionally, not Jesse hot. Jesse is like model hot. We're like, he's classically he's, good looking. Yes, his hair is very well coiffed all the time. Almost he's, too well coiffed. I mean, sometimes he looks a little silly, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, but everything is, you know, there's no hair out of place. There's no, no. everything is very well thought out, which was and the he's opposite. from Amsterdam. Right. Which, and I've been to Amsterdam once. Um, but he has kind of that look like he kind of looks like a Dutchman or, oh, for you know, sure. he has that coloring too. He's, he is very handsome. He's definitely yeah. not dirty hot. Um, he's and... a personal trainer. He's kind of like a Fitspo model too. He sort of seems like. Yeah. And he and Darcy are in love. Um, Did we say he's 24? Did we mention that? Yeah. Yeah. He's 24. Yeah. Um, so that's a big age difference. And so he says, you know, it's kind of funny. It was like a reverse catfish because the dating profile pictures that she used to like reel him in are so old. They're like when she, she even was admits like it. Twenty, and she knows that. I mean, she knew what she was doing, but um, since then they have spoken on video chat. So I know he knows what she actually looks like. I guess, but you know, now that you mentioned, and I always thought that too, but now that you mention it. It's like, I don't know, there's all kinds of stuff you can do with lighting. And, you know, like there are those phone cases. I think they have like kind of lights around them, for example, so that you can always oh, yeah. have like the best lighting for your Instagram snaps or whatever. Yeah. So who I, knows how she's actually been relating to him? I mean, he definitely has not seen her in person. That's true. So, that is just very putting true. That, out there, just that putting is that very out there. true. But she, um, so she's going to go to Amsterdam for six weeks. Um, and her kids are going to stay with their dad who um let's see and then then she's talking to her twin sister stacy okay so it's weird i know they're identical twins like i get it i know that they're identical but her sister looks younger yeah i agree i don't I know agree how that, that happened but i feel well you like- never know i mean you never know how much like sun exposure darcy got for example you know That's like true. i'm very pale skinned and if i spent more time in the sun which I absolutely do not do because I burn so easily mm-hmm. I would look like an old leather handbag in about five years and I'm okay. only 31 so I think that you know and I don't know how like fair skin Darcy is because she wears so much makeup so it's hard to tell it but is it could really be hard that to she tell. just was like a tanning bed type or something yeah it's true that's that's very true and well, but having her... kids ages you <laughs> <laughs> it does it does well I mean we don't know whether Stacy has kids but it kind of it doesn't seem like she, she does doesn't. yeah um so that but uh this um, is the voice of reason confrontation by the way it Dar- darcy and her sister it is i don't know i just i couldn't focus on the conversation because i just kept looking at her nails and every time they would pan to stacy it looked like she was just posing on the bed like there it wasn't oh. like a real conversation it was just like posing you know, oh, like you mean the... you mean when they get in front of the camera, they they don't necessarily act naturally? Is, is that what you're suggesting? 
weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's not the entire basis but, for reality TV. No, anything. I know, but they're not talking to the camera. They're just talking to each other. Yeah, but they know the camera's there, I so they want to look good. And... It just seemed so much more obvious than I think. Just because I noticed it. I mean, I've been. You're trust right. me. I've been watching right. reality TV for a long time. I hear and... you. I hear you. When you can really, when you literally have that thought occur to you, like this is a show, that something has gone wrong. Yeah. You're not really supposed to. It was so weird. It was like she was she was so aware of the camera, um, which I thought was kind of fascinating. But yeah, she does try to do the whole come to you know the the uh, voice of reason conversation. Um, but you know, Darcy's not having it. She's, no, I mean they. I I I got the impression that they really understood each other. That it was like the twin thing, or it was just because they lived together, or whatever. But that. It was almost like Stacy didn't even really want to bother because she just she deeply understood that Darcy has these hearts in her eyes and they are not going anywhere. At yeah, least there's not nothing you can do. Guy. So it's like, why waste your breath kind of a thing? Yeah, no, I, I get that. I felt that as well. Um, all right. Do you have anything more about that interlude? No, no. Okay. So next we meet Paul. He's 34. He's from Louisville, Kentucky. I have never been to Kentucky. Um, but I, I, I do, I do know that there's another 90 day couple in Louisville and that would be David and Annie. Okay. Yeah. It's my recollection that they moved from Thailand, um, where he met her to Louisville. So you do, it, it seems like kind of a big town or like a big city. I'm telling you, there are some states I've noticed it on a bigger level in like states that really attract the type of people that would go on 90 day fiance, Florida. Ohio, Florida, definitely, yeah, Kentucky. I'm getting a lot of Ohio too. A lot of Ohio. You're right, give, and your husband's from Ohio. I give him a lot of grief for that. I'm like, what yeah, is happening? You should, as you should. Yeah, Look what's happening with your people, man? Um, yeah. Speaking of people, Paul's an IT guy, and he looks yeah. like an IT guy. <laughs> he, t- he is the stereotype for sure. Yeah, he's the stereotype. Yeah. Um, and he. <laughs> He's petrified. He's going to the Amazon. This guy is, as we will see more and more as the story develops, is extremely anxious and paranoid. Yeah. Um, He just is. And I kind of feel like if you're an extremely anxious and paranoid person, maybe going to the Amazon is just not for you. Like, you're just going to have to let that experience go by. um, Because that's probably one of the worst places you can go to if you have fear or if you have hypochondria at any yeah. level. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, he takes this as an opportunity to just like wildly over-prepare. Oh, for um, sure. Like, you know, just, this is like his thing. It's almost like a, a an addiction in some weird way. <laughs> yeah. He goes to the doctor. We see him sort of, and you know, this happens. Like you go to the travel doctor or whatever, I think to get yeah. your, your shots or whatever, before you go to places that have like in this case she the doctor's talking about how it's like a malaria red zone you know yeah supposed to be but i think that and correct me if i'm wrong but i think malaria is not only preventable i I feel like there's an in like a shot before you go and even if you get it you can take quinine or or whatever i mean maybe i'm wrong but i didn't think this was untreatable or anything you take and, and a lot of people for malaria specifically my sister went to um kenya and mm. when she before she went to Kenya, she just started taking the antibiotics proactively, which oh, okay. sometimes they suggest that you do. Um, anytime you're going to a country <laughs> where there's like some kind of disease that you don't expect, 
you know, or that is not prevalent here, like malaria or whatever, um, they usually will have you just start taking the antibiotic just as a preventative measure. Um, and so, I mean, he's just so dramatic, like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's kind of a fatal disease, right? I mean, of course, this guy is just going to latch on to any sort of validation for his fears. Yeah, speaking of latching on, it's too bad that there's no... Um immunization for piranhas which he appears to be anticipating <laughs> oh my god and <laughs> well not only is he anticipating it but then he finds the travel doctor that's gonna feed his like frenzy yeah, the mania yeah she I is agree. like totally i i don't know how he found this woman but somebody must have referred her to him because she totally is like oh yeah you have a right you if you're right to be totally freaked out by this and yeah. tells him that he needs to, is this where they have the condom talk no no that's later oh, okay well <laughs> or, i mean it's a little bit later <laughs> in this segment because then he goes and explains how he met her oh that's his, right. his girlfriend is karini i think she's 21 yeah she's um, 21 and she's from the amazon in this really remote town where there's in no, brazil in brazil in the am like right off you have to take a boat to get to her village and there are no utilities there's no ac um it's just you know super super rural rural and um which is kind of you know for them not having any of these amenities everybody has a cell phone (laughs) she does i feel like it's later in the episode or later in the season or something that he ends up saying that he I don't know. I or maybe I heard him say it on an interview that he paid for her kind of internet or something yeah. like that. I'm not sure about that at all, but I it is interesting that she has because for example, they they can only communicate through this translator. App right. So that's they the don't big speak the language. The big thing with um <laughs> with Karini and Paul is that they don't she doesn't speak Portuguese or English English, and he doesn't speak Portuguese so the only way they're able to communicate with one another is through this translation translating app whereby they text message each other in their own language and the app translates it for them which is super 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 weird in my opinion well it and it also adds to the to the sort of terror of him going to this place because not only is it potentially a legitimately dangerous um, place where he's going to be vulnerable in so many ways, he's also going to be unable to communicate with people. So right. that's not, that's not, which is odd. So you would think somebody as paranoid as he is would maybe learn to speak Portuguese or at least key phrases before heading to Portugal or to Brazil. You might, Sorry. you might think that, but instead of doing you would that, think... he just really, really overpacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he the, figures. The... I have too much to. I, I'm gonna just overpack, and that'll take care of it. Yeah, he's gonna like pack a translator. I think, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. a person in one of his four foot lockers. <laughs> oh my gosh, this guy is. Then just... he shows it, and this is hilarious. As he's got four, I think four foot lockers. He's got like regular luggage. He's got multiple backpacks. He has a head wrap. He has a heat vest. And then you brought this up. He's oh, yeah. Packing. This is where he talks about the condom. And he, ta- he refers to them, I think, as standard issue condoms or something. <laughs> as if he was in the military. I'm not sure. I just feel like I remember that. I feel like um, you went to like a military store or something. to get. Yeah, yeah. Like, a, what are they called? They're, my my pop-up, my grandpa was in the military. And he used to take us to the, the PX. 
Yeah. So there's these like really big stores on military bases that only people in the military can go to. And I think they're subsidized or something like it seemed to me at the time, like the prices were better, but maybe that's not true. Um, but maybe he did go to the PX and um, purchase his standard issue condom so that the parasitic fish cannot swim up his, he referred to it as his urethra area instead of saying penis, yeah. <laughs> which was really funny. And, yeah. you know, whatever, do whatever it is that they do. So he has condoms for that. He has net clothing. Um, I think he, I think his like premise is that it's better to look like an idiot and be protected. I think he says that. And, yeah. you know, I don't know if that's true. Or not. I don't think that's so. true. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. But he, I mean, everything about this is insane. The mosquito suit. It's like a, he looks like a, he's wearing like a mesh beekeeper outfit. It's very much a comedy of errors, though. I mean, it's like the oh, perfect sure. thing to film. You know, like him, like surrounded by all these filler guards. He has to pack them outside because I don't think they would all fit in one room in his house. I don't know. Maybe they yeah. don't know. It's, it's really bizarre. I just feel like it's just for someone who knows that they're going to be taking a boat like a river boat, not like a cruise ship, like That's a boat. True. How are you going to hump all this Amazon, stuff around? And you're going to have to carry all that shit. Like, yeah, come on, man. He didn't think this through. I think no, he didn't. Or he didn't. He just didn't care because I mean, how could he go if he wasn't going to have he's all so this freaked gear? Out. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's Paul. Do you have anything else about Paul? I don't. I'm ready okay. to go to Sean, who's 47, Sean. who lives in Springfield, Ohio. Um, Ohio, he, see? I tell he, you. He's, he's, oh, yeah, you're right. He says he, I mean, it kind of seems like he's doing, like, kind of gig work in construction. I couldn't really tell if he had um, kind of a steady job in, in construction. I don't think so. I think he's just helping, like, his brother and... It was something like that. Yeah. You're right. Um, anyway, he has four kids. He's been married twice. I, I don't I, I don't know if he said I don't remember like whose kids are whose, um, but he has four kids total. He, like Darcy, has been single for six years, I guess, since his second divorce. Yeah. And then he says something very off putting that he went looking for, quote, darker skinned women on a Caribbean dating site where he met Abby from Haiti. Because he's always liked darker skinned women, yet has never has yet to marry one. Yeah, that was um, just a strange thing to say. I mean, yeah. yeah it it is odd. I'll it leave is, it at that. It is odd. It is odd. So he meets this woman. Um, he's, uh, let's see. We meet been Sarah. For five months. Yeah, we meet Sarah briefly. Um, she lives in Texas. That's his name. Oh, his daughter. daughter. That's right. They video chat. That She's the only random. one that's, that's allowing him to show. And then they barely said anything to each other. I'm surprised they even like kept that in there yeah it was really bizarre um so abby's 20 she she's from port-au-prince haiti um i love her mind is what he says (laughs) yeah sure um he is going to take a trip to haiti uh, a 14-day trip to haiti to meet her um and of course you know as is typically the case with these people um abby lives in poverty so this is like, you know, she's, I, we haven't met her and talked to her yet, but, um, we will. And it's, it's just interesting that all these people just, it's like, they're looking at the Americans to save them. Well, and beyond that, in this particular case, I get a very uncomfortable kind of like, 
white man's burden style attitude from Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have this huge age. I mean, this is a big age difference. This is a 27 year yeah. age difference. He has four children. He's been married twice. He's white. She's black. He's from the United States. She's from the Caribbean. Um, and so she's it, his, it, basically his daughter's age. It's just so problematic on so many levels. It's not just like this ill-conceived, oh, there's a big age difference and she's from another country. It's like there's there are all these like socioeconomic racial that he brings up, like racial right. issues. And it's just it's just it makes me feel like I need a shower, essentially. It's dark. It's definitely dark. Um and, and it's weird the way he talks about her. Yeah. Like it's, he's, it's almost like he's talking about his kid. Yeah, he's got a very strange affect. Ways. His his tone. I don't know. There's something just I agree. a little off about him. I agree. All right. So then we go and we see Darcy, and she is taking her kids to their dad's house. Now I'm wondering what kind of like custody schedule she normally has with them because she had to drive like an hour away or something to go uh, a few hours away to go take her kids to their dad. Well, so- you would know this. I mean, are there custody arrangements where you have, let's say, you know, like during the week when the kids are in school, they stay with one parent so that they can like go to school regularly or whatever. And then the other parent lives a ways away. And so they go for the weekend or something. Oh, for sure. I mean, we, they, there definitely are those situations. Um, my guess is that they primarily live with her and they visit dad um, probably not even every weekend, but more um, on vacations like winter break summer vacation spring break things of that nature and then the rest of the time they're with mom because three hours it's a big commute to do every weekend or every other weekend so it's he may see them like on three-day weekends or something like that intermittently but that's not it's not totally uncommon when people don't live in the same town or county you know and there's a bit of travel time sometimes they make an arrangement it just seemed like you know this was kind of a favor well i will say too that she took advantage of the long car ride to have a conversation with them that basically turned them into the voices of reason which i found a little uncomfortable and i've seen it happen with other people too i'm thinking of ricky in particular oh, who's in God, the next yes. his daughter amber and it's like i personally would draw the line there of okay first of all they're children so they can't be voices of reason in an adult situation because they aren't mature enough to handle it and then yeah. also it's it's not just asking any kids it's asking your kids so it's the kids that are yeah. actually going to be affected by the situation on this like deep level so i i find it distasteful i didn't like it i find it distasteful and also you're not going to change your mind because of what your kid says yeah exactly it's the perfect excuse to just like ignore someone who's saying something that makes perfect sense like oh they're kids right so and like, so it's why like, talk to them it begs the, the question place? like why even ask them for their opinion Exactly. Or how they feel about it if you're not going to, if those feelings aren't going to essentially matter to you in the grand scheme of things. Because as we see with a lot of these people, they don't matter. You know, they never what, listen to the kids. They ever. never listen to the like, kids. Like, what kind of show would that be? It's like, oh, okay, right. now we're done with this couple because the kids said, don't go, you moron. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, oh, my kids are very important to me, except that when they're trying to interfere with me dating some person I've never met before. <laughs> yep. That was my thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. So they are going and she's, and she's, she does what I like to call the Botox cry where it's almost like the Tamara cry from OC, like where they're trying really, really hard to emote, but their Botox just won't let them. So they just look ridiculous. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that mean? I just, it's just. I mean, it is, but I actually agree with you. So I don't know what to say about it. I don't want to say it, but yeah. It's the Botox cry. I just, it's the Botox cry. I mean, I don't even think she would argue that she does Botox. Um, but it's that cry where you're like really trying hard to emote, but like your face just won't let you. Um, yeah, Botox. Cry. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure it is hard for her to say goodbye to her girls because. Oh yeah, for I sure. I mean, six weeks is a long time. No, I, I that part I get. Like, I think she really is, you know, struggling and sad that she's going to miss her girls. But like, just the crying is just it, just the act itself is just. It's another level of entertainment for me. Um, so then we go to Paul. And Paul is grocery shopping for Creamy. He is buying her basic grocery items because they don't have that stuff in Brazil. Which, you know, any other, like if you're like, oh, well, I'm buying them this stuff because they don't have that stuff in London or something like that. I would be like, okay, they have grocery stores in London. But I totally get in this case with Karini living so remotely um, where she lives in the country I mean she probably doesn't have a lot of the stuff and it so, would be such a novelty regardless I mean here in the states true. we like to buy things from Korea you know and Japanese junk food Korean beauty products like I right get it. no totally so she he's getting her like cereal and all this stuff um and she gets upset they they have this they're having this conversation and she gets frustrated I should say because they're having communication issues shocking um and he laments that he wishes he had studied more portuguese yeah it's like duh <laughs> no. too I'm little like, too understatement late. understatement of the year like and this is just clearly <laughs> foreshadowing like if, if she can't even handle a facetime conversation with him in a grocery store well all she has to do is point and shoot essentially to say what she yeah. wants how is she going to handle physically being together for weeks on end right and you know, it's really sad because he's like, you know, she doesn't really know English. Okay, we, we've established that this girl lives in the middle of nowhere. Her ability, her the ease of her learning English is probably far less than the ease of your downloading Duolingo on your phone right. and learning a few key phrases. Yeah, like, you know, actually, I didn't even think of this before, but I've never thought of this until this moment, but I have kind of a personal um analogy in a way to this my husband um he's lebanese and in lebanon they speak french and arabic and some people speak both some people speak one or the other it usually depends on their religion um so i it was pretty funny when i was a kid and it was probably the same thing for you lisa they offer you french or spanish you know Uh at some point yeah. And so my sister, my older sister, who is kind of was at the time, at least kind of more of a romantic, sentimental type. She was like, oh, I want to learn French because it's just a beautiful language. And I want to be able to read poetry, French poetry in the original language, etc. So she takes French. And I'm like, you're I'm like, that's stupid. I'm going to take Spanish because way more people in the United States speak Spanish than speak French. So it's just like clearly the more useful option. So I took eight years of Spanish. I became near fluent. I'm still near fluent in Spanish. Um, and of course, I ended up marrying a man who not only do his parents both speak French, French is his mother's first language. And my husband speaks fluent French and speaks French to his family all the time. And we're together all the time because it's just 
they're they they live near here and so i'm constantly surrounded by arabic as well actually but people just speaking french and sometimes exclusively um and so what i did was i downloaded duolingo and i started trying to note to myself like what words in french were sort of the similar to the you know the same word in spanish and i have managed to over the last few years sort of cobble together a reasonable understanding of French and a reasonable ability to communicate in French, especially to people in Lebanon, for example, who I'm you know, talking to via FaceTime, family members and stuff who really only speak French. Um, right. So if I can do that, you know, why can't Paul <laughs> learn like seven words in Portuguese? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's almost like he expected the obligation to be hers. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was very. It's very strange to me that you. I think go... they're both just being immature. To be honest with you, yeah, I just she's... think they were being thoughtless. Like they didn't I realize this was going to be an issue. I think it's true, but I mean, she is only twenty-one. Um... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he should have. He should have known better. I agree with you. Yeah, it, he's on traveling. Like, I don't know. It just was very. It's. I don't know. I don't know why they were are surprised that this is going to be an issue. It's, it's kind of an ugly American thing in a way, if you think about it. Even though he knows for a fact she doesn't speak English, so it's not like he's just expecting her to speak English because he thinks everyone should speak English. I mean, you know, you could infer that he just thinks that she should learn English because everybody should, kind of a thing. Right. You know? I think, though, I think he, as we will see later, he when he actually gets there, he realizes... It's a real bear. It's, it's called a barrier for a reason, you right. know, a language barrier. <laughs> exactly. All right. So now we are back to Sean. And his 190 pairs of panties. Yeah. So basically they have, uh, he and Abby have created this business model by which he sends her clothes from America and she resells them for money. Which is and a great idea. Honestly, it's like, it it's almost like Amazon, you know kind of brought, brought to you in the caribbean i don't know right well th- i'm sure they have they don't have a lot of the stuff that we have here i mean yeah i don't think by any means he's getting her like high-end high quality stuff but it's just, it didn't look like it no it more like just like fun fashion stuff mm-hmm. but a ton of underwear and so this is how she makes money and he ha- is telling us as he's packing that he's bringing $2,500 worth of clothes for her to resell. So, I mean, if she actually does sell it for close to that amount, that's actually not a bad gig. That'd be great for her. Yeah. It's not a bad so, idea, honestly. It's just creepy that he keeps referring to them as panties. It's like, can't you say underwear? Why do you say panties? And Ew. then Jesse does it too later in the episode. It's Darcy's like Jessie. moist. It's exactly. So, like not, no, it's not okay. Yeah. Um, that we meet Sean's BFF. Um, the cutest man alive. Johnny. He looks like a mixture of Willie Nelson and like Jesus. I know. I you expect him to be kind of rough, but he's actually like super sensitive and sweet. Which is, I loved him. I really liked him too. He was uh, endearing. Um, and he's you know listening to him, and he seems like a genuine friend. He's sort of having the um, uh, the conversation. What's the conversation? The voice of reason. The voice of reason conversation. But he's a little bit more um, compassionate and just kind of more of listening than anything else. And um, Sean shows him a ring that he has bought. He bought for Abby that he's right. going to take with him to Haiti to propose and um then they start talking about the ex 
Yeah, this is like the fly in the ointment, essentially, that Abby has this old white guy ex-boyfriend named Chris. And I got like a very sugar daddy, sugar baby vibe from this relationship. This guy is even older, I think, than Sean. I think he's in his 60s. Um, Yeah, 64. 64. He spends six months out of every year in the Dominican Republic. It seems like he's either retired or he has some kind of business, like a consulting or something that allows him to travel like that or requires him to travel like that. I don't know. But what it seemed like is very problematic is that there it seemed timing wise like there was an overlap in the two relationships for abby yeah there was something a little fishy going on there i agree i got a very bad vibe from it and from from chris yeah i'm i'm not sure i it just seemed really creepy i mean this poor young it it's really weird it it gave me sort of like a sex trade sort of this is what i was saying earlier exactly like this one is more complicated and like dirtier than a lot of it is dirty because she's very sexual and very sexualized it seems like right you know here she is with these older men she's like in her she's 20 she's super young and for some reason her family doesn't find it odd that she's got these like really old boyfriends right. who kind of just show up randomly. And um, I mean, like the fact that the guy lives in the Dominican, it's not, he's not actually her boyfriend. In fact, that was what she said was an issue because I think she expects them to marry her and they, and well, this guy, Chris in particular is like, no, I'm not getting married. <laughs> I'm here to have a good time. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I'd be interested to know at what stage in their relationship he made that clear to her. Right. And so it's, if ever, really. I don't know, it's just weird. It's, it's very strange. I don't love it. And also um, Sean is basically saying that it's, he, he has this, and I guess anybody would feel this way, but he has this sort of like ownership, um, he cl- this ownership claim a little bit over Abby where he's like, oh, well, if she's still physical with him, she says she's not, but if she is, then, you know, I'm basically not going to propose to her. And I understand that. Obviously, if she's lying to him about sleeping with somebody else, that would be a problem for anybody. Oh, but for sure. I didn't like how he put it. Yeah, it was weird. It was, it was, ugh, it was weird. The whole thing is just odd. It's ick. Um, the ick factor is odd. Yeah, it's, it, that one for sure. So then we go to to Paul and Paul Paul is like Colt light so Colt if you're following 90 Day Fiance season 6 you'll meet Colt and Colt also like Paul lives with his mother and has a very close relationship with her but I feel like Colt's relationship with his mother is on a creepier level whereas Paul's is less not entirely not creepy but like less so so i i think of him as like cold light cult light sorry not cold yeah paul's relationship with his mom is clearly very very close but it seemed it seems kind of cute like they are just a mom and a son that happen to get along really well as adults as yeah. well you know what i mean like like well, maybe and... sorry go ahead no, I was going to say, and she's married. I mean, his dad's still in the picture. We He clearly wants nothing to do with the show, but... It seems that way. Yeah, it, I think he lives with his mom and his dad. I think that's right. I think I heard him say that in an interview. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, he and his mother are extremely close, um, and she's worried that he is batshit crazy, because he is. 
Well, it was especially awkward when she said that she thinks Karini looks 12 or 15. 12? <laughs> Even you're 15 is bad. Like, you're basically what? saying that your son is a pedophile. I mean, she's. I, I guess she's trying to say that she looks immature, but it, it's not a great look. No, it just seemed weird. Like, no. Um, oh, and then also he's like, oh, I want to propose. And she's like, no. And she basically is saying, yeah, there's a language barrier, but you also just suck in relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've had problems with this in the past. Paul. He has a bad picker, as uh, Patty Stanger of Millionaire Matchmaker would put it, I think. Oh, like he picks sure. the wrong girls kind of a thing. And he says he's had serious trouble in the past resulting from relationships. And that's like kind of an ominous thing. Totally. And she totally hit the nail on the head. She's like, I don't know why he's chosen the people he's chosen. You know, yeah. I don't know if he doesn't think highly of himself that or was what. Sad. Can you imagine <laughs> like like having that happen to one of your kids and having to needing to say that about one of them, well, you know? Hey, I wouldn't say that on television about my children, even if I thought it but yeah yeah I mean I she's not wrong I mean the guy's clearly there's a screw loose but um yeah oh, that's rough but Very. she I mean she gets it she knows what that he just is you know this way yeah I do think she sees him realistically which is which is in her favor a point in her favor and I think it also shows that they have more of a genuine friendship, you know, where she isn't just like his mother telling him everything he does is right and, you right. know, etc. She seems like she kind of holds him accountable. Yeah, she's kind of come to this like, I just got to accept that this is who he is. This is what's going to happen. You I know? like her. I'm just going to say that. I'm gonna I like her there. too. I think she's she's a good egg. That yeah, Mary. there you go. Mary's good a good egg. <laughs> um, Are uh, you sure you're not from Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> I know when I start saying like all of my husband saying that he says sometimes when his grandmother was alive and he would talk to his grandma on the phone I always could tell that he was talking to her because he would start he would get this really heavy southern accent because his grandma was originally from Virginia I love that and so I'd hear him and he'd be like oh grand I was going to and I'm like oh gosh he's talking to his grandma and That's now he's so sweet. He gets it now when he's talking to his uncles too. Like I can always tell when he's talking to his Ohio family because he'll get like this southern accent and it'll really come out. And <laughs> it's funny. And then he'll start using the sayings that I can't even think of any right now, right off the bat, but that he and his that his mother and his grandmother, you know, say all the time. So I love it. It's funny. Um, all right. So now we um we get to see all of them kind of preparing. Sean, Darcy, and Paul sort of yeah. mm-hmm. all preparing and packing Sean, the packing, packing yeah, the packing vignette. days where they're just about ready to go. And Sean recognizes the risks. Um, he knows that there's a risk going to Haiti. He's not completely, you know, immune to this. That this isn't could be like a risky situation going. But to he's but he's still packs packs his duffels full panties. Oh yeah, he's he's not leaving those panties behind. <laughs> oh my god, my favorite thing about this this like segment with Sean was when they showed him on the plane <laughs> and he's like sitting there and you know how like they'll especially in reality shows they'll have other people like random people from the public ending up in the shot because, you know, like they're yeah. out in the world and then I think I imagine that they have to get releases from people to show their faces, but if mm-hmm. the people don't want to give permission 
then the show production has to blur their faces. Yeah. <laughs> and his seatmate <laughs> chose wisely, I would say, to have her face blurred because all you see of her is actually, and her face is essentially hidden because she's taking a bite out of the largest sandwich I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> She is just like getting to know this sandwich. <laughs> this is the best scene. I felt so sorry for her. I was like, seriously, like you see a camera on this guy. You don't want to just wait a second and take a bite out of your Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> no, because she's like, I'll just, I just want to find the release. Yeah, I just want to find the release. <laughs> she's my spirit animal for the Yeah, that is hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. And I'm bummed because I did not remember that. I did not. They I show was... her again. They show her again later. So <laughs> just keep an eye out. Oh my god, that's too much. Um, okay. Then Darcy says one of my pet peeves. It's a world win. No, you skipped Paul and his mom giving her him a hairball. No, that's later. That's later. Oh first really? Darcy. I have written a... Oh, first I Darcy talks about her world win. And her world not... wind. It's not a world win, people. It's a whirlwind. Yep whirlwind she says it again in season two i think i noticed oh, or, of or like a later episode yeah oh it's crazy. one of those things where she really doesn't actually know what the correct term is it's not just like a slip of the tongue it seems yeah it's not like a mispronunciation like she really doesn't know the word or she really thinks it's world win right which it's not um okay so now we go to paul and he's helping his poor mom pack the car Jesus Christ. And he said one of them weighed like a hundred pounds. I know. I'm like, why is your mother doing this? Like, I get that your dad doesn't want to be on camera, but for but that's just sake, messed up. Tell yeah. him to come out and help hit the poor lady, you know, toting these huge ass military lockers. lockers. Yeah. Not cool, <laughs> Paul. Oh Not my cool God. production. Not cool production at all. And then she does the creepiest thing ever and gives him a lock of hair. Creepy or sweet? I'm going to put it out there. Okay, maybe maybe it's sweet, but a lock of hair from her brush. Which he thought was dog hair, so he tried to throw it away. And I think she was trying to kind of do it on the DL. And he said this in an interview later on that, you know, she. I don't think she really wanted to draw attention to it. But the fact that he kind of was going to throw it away because he didn't understand what it was made her have to sort of explain on camera, so to speak. And I just think they should have been allowed to have that moment privately. Because it's gross. I'm sorry. She took it out of her brush and like put it in a <laughs> tissue. And he said in that interview that I heard, which was pretty recent, that it's still in his backpack. <laughs> like to this day, supposedly. I mean, I'm all about like little sentimental gifts, but like taking hair out of your hairbrush, that's so gross. I think she's just worried that he and his progressive lenses are not going to make it home safely. <laughs> <laughs> And I speak as someone who has progressive lenses. Oh my god. Okay, that was hilarious. <laughs> they just like go dark all of <laughs> Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. And then and then when he goes to the airport, he has the most awkward conversation I've ever seen happen with a gate agent or a check-in agent or whoever <laughs> she was. He's like telling her his life story that he's gonna get proposed. And he gets too deep, too fast with, well, no, actually, I guess my takeaway was that he gets too deep, too fast with every woman he meets, including <laughs> random airplane or airport. She's attendant. like totally like upset at herself for asking. 
Yeah, exactly. I regretted <laughs> that, that one. She was like, uh, you know what, sir? That was just me trying to make small talk. I'm so sorry. You gotta stop asking people how they're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they might tell you. <laughs> I mean, that's that you run the risk, right? <laughs> and then he takes two backpacks to carry on, which I, I just thought that made him a monster, honestly. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot going on. This guy does not travel often. Yeah, there you or go. well, quite frankly. And this is like the biggest trip ever, honestly. I would be very nervous about this trip. I would overpack. I would be like, you know, I don't I know. Would too, I, although I, I think I would have done a little bit more research and also recognized that, well, gosh, I'm probably going to have to like carry this shit on my own and I'm going to be taking a river boat to the town where I'm going. I'm not sure it's really equipped for like four storage lockers yeah and we see later in the season like just how much trouble he ends up having (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah no i can't with this guy this guy's too much for me all right and on that happy note we come to an end of we come to the end of season one episode one of before the 90 days all right, guys. Well, we will hopefully be um, recording another archive episode ASAP and dropping that. Um, but in the meantime, please check out our Facebook page. Please give us five star ratings on whatever podcast um, platform service you're platform listening. you're using. And until next time, bye bye. Bye. Legal disclaimer: This is a personal podcast, just for fun solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.